Hi, this is Milan Milan. <laughs> you guys, I'm telling y'all, it was a struggle. No, it's been a struggle, right? Oh my goodness, it's been a struggle. All right, so we're here talking about wild and crazy faith to wild stories in the Bible. And what we're going to see in the end is the wild we're going to talk about today still based on faith so before we begin i like to just bow our heads and pray heavenly father lord i thank you i thank you father for being the vessel i thank you that you still find use in me lord jesus i ask that it is less of me and more of you, not just in this podcast, but every day, Father. I am so grateful to be able to have this platform. And honestly, at times I get nervous. <laughs> but Lord, I know that doing your will, me being obedient, So, I thank everyone, Lord, who you've brought to this podcast, that you know who needs to hear this, and Lord, I ask that the seeds are sown, and you provide the increase. October 3rd we already made it to October okay so yeah get this party started okay so we're talking about wild and crazy faith to wild stories in the Bible all right so we're gonna go through a list. If you saw the ad, the list goes, <laughs> Elijah, Moses, Noah, Esther, Ruth, Ezekiel, and Elisha. Now, I'm gonna tell y'all this. I did um, a very short little video, and I mean short, probably like two, three clips per um, person that I just named. So when we go, like when we start the story, right? The wild and crazy story or the or the wild story, okay? It's still going to be about faith. Let me show you. Um, I'm going to have the clip in the beginning and I'm going to try to loop it so that it plays as I am reading through scripture and you're going through scripture with me. If it don't loop, y'all... I don't know. That's one of my struggles. All right. So we're about to get it started. Let me get to my little clip for Elijah. So these clips that I made, and you're going to hear like a little bit of clicking. It's fine. It's just me clicking on the story. But um, <laughs> and if you hear a page turn, it's my notes. 
So don't think it's something um, you did. It's me. Okay. So the stories that, like the little clips I put together is to kind of give you like a backstory to what, who, who this person is. So hopefully, like if you haven't heard the story, that it will help as we go through it. So I hope you guys have your Bibles out um, and pen and paper if you were taking notes. So you can go back and do your own study later. Or if you are one of those people like me where I got to write it down or I'm going to forget it. Right. I better write it down or it's good as gone. And then you know, I got to go ask the Holy Spirit. What? <laughs> what was? Could you remind me what, what that was? Um, and he will. And I speak from experience when I say he will, definitely. So we're going to go start with Elijah. So hopefully this goes right. And in Elijah, we're going to be reading out of 1 Kings chapter 18. Um verses 1 hold on through 40 so I'm going to read through it <laughs> I know that's a lot but we got to understand we got to understand we got to understand I mean these are some exciting stories you guys I get so excited when I'm talking about the Bible like these are God's love letters to us I'm going to quit yapping I'm going to get right to it I told you First Kings 18 Verses 1 through 40. All right, let's get ready. Here's the clip. Let me cut this down some. All right. Now, here's the clip. Hopefully, this goes right. All right. I'm just going to let the first part play to make sure it loops. Hope it loops. Yay, it looped. All right. So let's get into it. First Kings chapter 18. And the verses are 1 through 40. All right. So what this says is, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab and there was a severe famine in Samaria and Ahab had called Obadiah who was in charge of his house. Now Obadiah filled the Lord greatly. So it was while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hidden them, um, 50 to a cave, and had fed them with bread and water. Now Ahab had said to Obadiah, go into the land, all the springs of the water and to all the brooks. Perhaps we may find grass to keep the horses and mules alive so that we will not have to kill any livestock. So they divided the land between them to explore it. Ahab went one way by himself and Obadiah went another way by himself. Now, as Obadiah was on his way, 
suddenly Elijah met him. Hey, and he recognized him and fell on his face and said, Is that you, my Lord Elijah? And he answered him, It is I. Go, tell your master, Elijah is here. That right there, I'm going to pause. Y'all, that's, that's some faith right there. You only get that type of faith, that wild and crazy faith, when you closely follow God. You see the backstory that's looping, and then you see that, you know, what they doing to these prophets that open I had to hide a hundred of them 52 a cave all right so we're gonna keep going so and he answered him I'm sorry it is I go tell your master Elijah is here so he said have I sinned how have I sinned that you are delivering your servant into the hands of Ahab to kill me as the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to hunt for you. And when they say he is not here, he took an oath from the kingdom or nation that they could not find you. And now you say, go tell your master Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass as soon as I am gone from you, that the spirit of the Lord will carry you to a place that I do not know. So when I go tell Ahab and he cannot find you, he will kill me. But your, but I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Was it not reported to my Lord that when I went, Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord? How have I hid hundred of men of the Lord's prophets? Fifty to a cave and fed them bread and water. And now you say, go tell your master, Elijah is here. He will kill me. Then Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely present myself to him today. So Obadiah went and met Ahab and told him. And Ahab went to meet Elijah. Then it happened. When Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, is that you, O troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have. Ooh. And in that, you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and you have followed the Baals. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Now, this is Elijah's Mount Carmel victory, y'all. This this story had me like, I had to pause it. I had jumped up. I was like, what, what, what? Like, I, I was dancing like, oh my goodness. Okay, it's getting so serious. If it hadn't already, right? So, verse 20 says, so Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Ahab came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered not him, not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. 
Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood. But put no fire under it and I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire. He is God. So all people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now, Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first. For you are many and call on the name of your God but put no fire under it. So they took the bull, which was given them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning till noon, saying, Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud for he is a God. Either he is meditating or he is busy or he is on a journey or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. <laughs> so they cried aloud and cut themselves as their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on, on them. And when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to the prophets, come near to me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob, hey, and to the word, and to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel shall be your name. Then the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two sips of seed. And he put the wood in order cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And then he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar and he filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust. It licked up the water that was in the trench.
Woo, that's some fire. And when all the people saw it, they fell to their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. When I tell y'all, wow, crazy faith, that's some wild and crazy faith. Like, like you went in front and you knew the backstory of Jezebel. You knew what Obadiah had to have these prophets 50 to a cave. This is some wild and crazy faith story. So when we go on, just, just watch. Like try to, um, what I do is I try to imagine being in this time right living in this time and what it must have been like and i'm just like what unbelievable stories right i'm real but this is like knock your socks off i can't i i i, I get lost with words i be getting excited sometimes when i be reading I like pause and i just be stopping i'll be looking at god be talking i'll be just Y'all, I can't just read the Bible straight through. It is like a whole study, study, for real. Even just, oh. it could be one or two verses sometimes. It just be taking me. So that was Elijah. We're going to end with Elijah. And now we're about to get into Moses. Now, y'all know the backstory about Moses, right? But I still have some things about Moses so mainly it's gonna be chapter 5 and chapter 14 but we still finna dabble in some other parts so I'm gonna play Moses this is the backstory for Moses and Moses I mean y'all know he did a lot right Moses uh, represents the law so I'm going to say that. And Moses had an encounter with Pharaoh, right? Pharaoh of that day, he had an encounter. And it was something else. Like just the conversation that Moses had with God. And so I want to, I'm going to touch on that because that's important, right? And, um, this is this is just another wow and crazy faith type of story. So for Moses, we're gonna be in the book of Exodus. Let's first go to Exodus one. Okay. Exodus one, chapter seven through fourteen. Okay. So chapter seven through fourteen just basically talks about pharaoh how he feared the presence of the israelites they were great in number he was thinking they was gonna um gang up with their um with the pharaoh's enemies and then overtake them in war like he was just he had a lot of um that's how he moved so basically that's gonna be in exodus one through i'm sorry one seven through 14 where it um it talks about that so even if you just look at 14 and he says, 
And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage and mortar and brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service in which they made them serve was rigor. Okay, hard. Hard, y'all, hard. So, and if you look at seven real quick, it says, but the children of Israel were fruitful. They were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. So I just, me just thinking, if it's a large group of people and they are fruitful and they're increasing abundantly, and I know this is the Lord's people, I'm going to get on a team, not be against them, right? So that's not how it happened, right? Clearly, that's not how it happened. But let's go ahead and get into the story about Moses. So first, let's go to the conversation, right, that Moses had with our God. So we're going to find that in Exodus chapter 4 in its verses 1 through 17. So this is before Moses went to go speak to Pharaoh. All right. So it says, then Moses answered and said, but so, this, he's talking to God. So then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? He said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground so he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent and moses fled from it whoa right right there right there shows the power right of our god and another thing i just want to point out is the capital h and he is referring to god when you see the lowercase h that's moses right clearly i just wanted to say that um, so I'm, you hear me say he and he. So when you follow in your Bible and you see what I'm talking about, the verses. So, okay. So he fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and he caught it and it became a rod in his hand. Hey, <laughs> that they may believe. That the Lord God of their fathers, the Lord, I'm sorry, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Furthermore, the Lord said to him, now put your hand in your bosom and take and put his hand in his bosom. And he took it out and behold, his hand was leprous like snow. And he said, put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again and drew it out of his bosom. And behold, it was restored like his other flesh. <laughs> then it will be if they do not believe you, nor heed the message of the first sign, that they may believe the message of the latter sign. And it shall be if they do not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice that you shall take water from the river and pour it on dry land the water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land then moses said to the lord oh my lord i am not eloquent neither before uh neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant but i am slow in speech and and slow of tongue. 
counsel, the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth or who makes the mute, the deaf, the sin or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be your mouth and teach you what you shall say. But he said, oh, my Lord, please send the hand of whomever else you may send. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. And look, he's coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. And I will teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesperson to the people. And he himself shall be as a mouth for you. And you shall be to him as God. And you shall take this rod in your hand, which you shall do the signs. All right. So that's just the conversation, right? That Moses had with God. He really just did not want to do it, right? He was not feeling all. But that's just another way, another story that you can look at and say, God will use anybody, right? He used what he wanted to use. He knew all what Moses was telling him. He didn't have to tell him that. It wasn't like, oh, really? Moses like, no, God knew, right? God knew, but um, never doubt the power of God. So we're there, right? Where they just had this conversation. And so now let's go ahead and get to the first encounter that Moses had with Pharaoh. So it's in chapter five of Exodus. And this is basically just going over the first thing. But if you look at verses 6, 7, and 8 in chapter 5, Pharaoh about to let him go to with the Israelites even harsher. In 6, he says, So the day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters, the people, you shall no longer give people straw to make brick for. Let them go and gather straw themselves. He's so rude. And you shall lay them on the quota of bricks which they made before. You shall not reduce it, for they are idle. Before they cry out, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God, right? He's just so wrong. So I'm just gonna go through where you find all of the plagues, right? Because there were 10 total. So the first one is in chapter 7, verse 14. It's water became blood. Okay. Chapter 8, verse 1 were the frogs. Chapter 8, verse 16 were the lights. Ugh. Chapter 8, verse 20, were the fleas. And chapter 9, verse 1, was the livestock was diseased. Chapter 9, verse 8, there were boils on them. 
Okay. Chapter 9, verse 13. God rained hell. And chapter... Chapter 10. See, my notes tell me chapter 10. In Exodus. The eighth plague starts, right? It's the locust. It's starting um, chapter 10. If you go down to 5 in chapter 10, so this 5, it says, It shall cover the face of the earth. The face of the earth. Y'all, that's a lot. So think about all the things we just went through. It's a lot. It's not all just for this little section. It's the earth, y'all. It's a lot. It is coming down, okay? It is God's power is coming down right now on Pharaoh because he's not letting his people go. He's not letting them go. So they kept getting plague after plague after plague. And I can just about say it was like not a break, right? They Moses kept going back and the plagues kept coming down every time Pharaoh said no. So then if we in chapter 10, verse 21, it was darkness for three days. And now we're just going to go ahead and chapter 11. This is where we're going to start our reading. So chapter 11 in Exodus, verse 5, right? It's really the announcement of the death of the firstborn. So this, the plague hasn't started, but this is the announcement, right, of it. So chapter um, 11, verse 5 says, And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, and, the first, and all the firstborn of the animals. Y'all, God is not planned all the firstborn every last one of the firstborn so yeah all the firstborn okay but look because god is so merciful and he's so loving so so true he is so loving he made a way for his people so let's actually go to exodus 12 this is the first passover hey right the first passover so we're gonna start reading 12 1 through 28 and you're gonna see what i'm talking about so exodus 12 1 through 28 now the lord has spoken to moses and aaron in the land of egypt saying this month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel saying, on the 10th of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father and a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons according to each man's need you shall make your count for the lamb your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year 
and you make, I'm sorry, and you take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread. And with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire. Its hair and its legs and its entrails. You shall not let none of it remain until morning. And what remains of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste, right? In haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on your houses where you are. When And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be in your should be to you a memorial and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread on the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day, there shall be a holy convulsion. And on the seventh day, there should be a holy convulsion for you. No manner of work shall be done on them, but that which everyone must eat, that only may be prepared by you. You shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, for on the same day I will have bought your enemies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month, at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the first day of the month at evening. For seven days, no, no leaven shall be in your, found in your houses. For whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a native of the land. You shall eat nothing leavened. In all your dwellings, you shall eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take the lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel of the two doorposts 
with the blood that is in the basin and none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning for the lord will pass through to strike the egyptians and when he sees the blood of lentil and the two on the two doorposts the lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you and you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever it will come to pass when you come to the land which the lord will give you just as he promised that you shall keep his service and it shall be when your children say to you what do you mean by this service that you shall say it is the passover sacrifice of the lord who passed over the houses of the children of israel in egypt when he struck the egyptians and delivered our households so the people bowed their heads and worshiped then the children of israel went away and did so just as the lord had commanded moses and aaron so they did y'all this is the first passover the first passover this is how it it started jesus gave god gave these instructions he gave these instructions and told moses and aaron they told the israelites it says at the end just as the lord had commanded moses and aaron so they did so this is right here the protection leading up to what the last plague is going to be for pharaoh and pharaoh's people okay so last plague was death of the firstborn now clearly god provided this provision because he was not trying to kill the firstborn of the Israelites. No. That's the reason he it's a it's a small break to let you know this is how you make sure that your firstborns are safe. It's going to it's going to pass over, right? So <laughs> we're going to pass over and so here we go with the last plague so we are right here at make sure i got this right exodus 12 verses 29 and 30 the death of the firstborn it says and it came to pass at midnight that the lord struck all the firstborn in the land of egypt from the firstborn of pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of livestock so pharaoh rose in the night he all his servants and all the egyptians and there was a great cry in egypt for there was not a house where there was not one dead so y'all when they get ready to leave they leave him right they leave him and 1237 says 
Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 men on foot besides children. So it was a lot. It was a lot of people. And if you get into the Red Sea crossing, that's in Exodus um, chapter 14. So verse 11, the Israelites are complaining. Verse 12 is just more complaining from the Israelites. Verse 13, Moses tells them basically to calm down. Actually, let's just go ahead and look at it real quick because this is just... This is just a wild story to me. So 14, let's see, 12, 11, 12 is them complaining. The Israelites complaining, right? And 12, it says, is this not the word that we were, that is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. So 13 says, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. So verse 15, Moses is still just talking to them, telling them to relax. And verse 16, God gave Moses instructions on crossing the Red Sea. So when you just think about all of this stuff Moses is doing, y'all, this is that extraordinary faith. This is that wow and crazy faith. You got to have faith in God in order to do these things that he was instructed and actually did because he had this faith because God is, is making this happen, right? So that's just a wild and crazy faith story to me. And um, isn't it wild that this whole story about Moses and these people is actually in the book of Exodus and Exodus means a mass departure of people. I almost want the rapture to be like the exodus, but it will be the exodus of this world and will be raptured up with our Lord Jesus. All right. So now we're going to get into Genesis. So let me go ahead and change this up for us. So we need to get into Genesis because we're about to talk about Noah, right? So let's go to Noah, y'all. Y'all know the um, great story with Noah. Noah built an ark. And just know, before the ark was built, they got instructed Noah. And he told them exactly how to build it, how big to make it, how high, how wide, all of that. He literally was like clear, very clear, um, detailed. Um, instructions on how to build this ark but know that there was no rain before the ark so how much faith must you have to know that what God said is about to happen and you ain't ever seen it happen before a lot of faith right a whole lot of faith so let's put the backstory for Noah loop it up for you 
And so Noah, we're going to talk about is in uh, Genesis chapter six. And it's verses 13 through 22. This is the art being prepared. So basically, before we do that, or you know that when Noah's day, right, there was a lot of wickedness. There was a lot of evil going on. There was a lot of people fornicating. God didn't like that. It was a lot of, you know, just bad things. People doing stuff. People worshiping um, other gods. You know, people just not submitting to, to the one true living God. And so the earth was filled with a lot of violence, right? Sin brings all of this stuff in. And so it was really, really bad going on. And then also another thing has been that Nolan, which were the fallen angels, and they were out there. Um, having babies with if we look at Genesis 6 2 actually this one wanted and we'll go to Genesis 1 6 1 says now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were people and took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. These are fallen angels. There's a lot of bad stuff that happened. Happening. It's a whole other topic. This particular podcast, but yeah, some other stuff that um, I want to talk about at the time about about angels. Okay, so I mean, what must building people like and even still a little bitty old boat is like where the water coming from, right? So Noah had exceeded so and just read these verses it's chapter 6 verses 13 through 22 and it and god said to noah the end of all flesh has come before me for the earth is filled with violence through them and behold i will destroy them with the earth make yourself an ark of gopher wood Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. It's width 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark and you shall finish it with a cubit from above and set the door of the ark and it shall make it with lower second and third decks and behold i myself am bringing flood waters on the earth to destroy 
from under heaven all flesh and which is the breath of life everything that is on the earth shall die but i will establish my covenant with you and you shall go into the ark you your sons your wife and your sons wives with you and of every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you they shall be male and female i heard that okay one of the birds after their kind of animals of their kind and of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive oh and you shall for yourself of all food that is eaten and you shall gather it to yourself and it shall be food for you and for them thus noah did according to all that god commanded him so he did all right y'all that's extraordinary faith just trusting what god says gonna happen it's gonna happen and it did it happened just how god said that it would and from the looks of it don't look like no question anything and i can say that's far from what we've read before in this podcast and then even from some of us today me included <laughs> um so yeah I, I think that these are all great examples that we should strive to have this type of faith right this type of faith when god says do it do it right let's not question our god let's not um try to get him to have somebody else do it or or or, or make it fit to what's more comfortable for us like we're gonna do it but could you do this instead no what he says let's do whatever that is whatever that is let's not try to get our way out of it or try to make it different unless we're not gonna alter what god is telling us okay me included as i said let's try to do exactly what god is telling us what god is calling us to do now another faith is esther story esther all right so just like the other little clips i have esther Esther has a backstory too, and, and I'm gonna not say it, I'm just let it play on here as we go through it. So, for Esther, I'm gonna say actually a little bit of it. So, a little bit with Esther and Esther, I believe it's Esther 1. So in Esther 1, (laughs) 
and it's verse 12. The king at the time, and I don't even know if I can pronounce his name, um, but I'm going to try. <laughs> Azazurus. All right. Was the king. Okay. A-H-A-S-U-E-R-U-S. Okay. He was angry because at the time, the queen was Vashti. And he wanted her to come out, right? And basically kind of, you know, kind of like show her beautiful wife, whatever. No, she was like, no, I would not be paraded, right? You not, no. So he wasn't pleased. And it says in 12, um, the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command brought by her Enochs. Therefore, the king was furious and his anger burned within him. He was furious, y'all. And his anger burned within him. Hold on. His anger burned within him. So, yeah, he wasn't happy at all. And so anyway, he go around looking for a new wife. He had his reasons, you know, he wanted to, he made this whole law. If you read on it, um, chapter one in Esther verses 13 through 22. Um, he talks about going ahead and divorce her, making a new law, basically like wise, uh, respecting your husbands and, you know, so forth. So you already got, you see the history, right, of uh, Esther that she already was going through things, okay? And so 2.17, so in Esther 2, um, where are we at? Esther 2 and verse 17, Esther was made queen instead of Vashti, Okay. Where it says, the king loved Esther more than all the other women. Because he was having concubines and all of this stuff, right? And she was one of them. And then he chose her, obviously. It says, the king loved Esther more than all the other women. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. So, that's that. Now, basically, just the story um, behind this is um, Esther 3 through 416. I'm just kind of break it down a bit. Mordecai adopted her, right? So, you know, she was an orphan, so she was adopted. Mordecai adopted her. And Mordecai adopted her, I believe, um, believe he was her uncle, if I'm not mistaken. He adopted her. Yeah, he was the brother of her father's. He was her brother. He was a. He was her father's brother. So yeah, her uncle. Okay. So Mordecai adopted her, and it was this dude named Haman. He was basically out to kill all the Jews, and so then Mordecai got this word right. So he go and tell Esther about this, and so she set it up. So given. And um, she invited Hammond to this banquet. So 
before this, right, she tells Mordecai, tell all the people go ahead and fast for three days, um, nights or days. And her handmaids were going to do the same thing, right? They were going to go ahead and fast. And um, she basically was going against the law. And she even made a statement basically that if she perished, she perished, right? That's just it. Like this is what's basically gonna go down. So she has her banquet. The king loved her, right? You're gonna see that in Esther 5, 3, 5, 6, and 7, 2. That he loved her. And um, let me just see real quick. If I look at 5, 3, it says, and the king said to her, what do you wish, right? So she, she goes ahead and talks to the king about it. Um, he said, what do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half the kingdom. <gasps> half the kingdom? You just divorced Vashti because she didn't want to come out. <laughs> and you're giving Esther half the kingdom if she won't have the kingdom. Now, he says this three times. Again, it's um, Esther 5.3. 5, 6, and then 7, 2, all in Esther. And so basically the plot um, that they had going on, you're going to find that in verse chapter 9, verses 9 through 14. And so the king honors uh, Mordecai. You'll see that in 6, 1 through 14. And basically, I'm just getting down to the point of it. Hammond um, hung instead of mordecai right so he basically set it up so that mordecai could be hung because he was a jew and he was trying to have all the jews killed um the king heard about this he was very upset um hammond was at this banquet and he basically fell before vast i'm um, sorry before uh, esther the king comes back like you trying to be disrespectful in the own kingdom so basically yeah yeah everything that hammond was trying to do so Mordecai and all the other Jews, basically got done to him, his wife, his kids, look, all of them were gone. Okay. So look, the Jews were saved. Amen. And you're gonna see that in Esther. Um, here, let me see. You're gonna see that in Esther 8 and it's verses 1 through 17. So yeah. That was extraordinary faith because you see people were getting killed left and right. She already knew what she was doing was against the law at that time. But she was just like, okay, you know, if I perish, I perish. And so, yeah, that's that. Um, the story of Ruth. I think this is a beautiful story, too. So, Ruth... Let me put this backstory up for you. So the story of Ruth. Get this looped. So Ruth um, basically stayed with Naomi. Okay. So Ruth was Naomi's daughter-in-law. Naomi's husband wound up passing away. Right. And she had two daughter-in-law. She had two sons. But then the sons wound up passing as well. So Naomi was telling her daughter-in-laws that they could leave. You know, they didn't need to stay, go back. You know, and um, one of them took up on it and she left. But Naomi, um, she didn't go. 
So we read, let's see, Ruth 1, 6, I'll put 16, but I think it's 6. Okay, so let's read Ruth 1, 3, 4, and 5. Then Emelette, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. And they took wives of women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpha, and the other was Ruth. And they dwelt about there about 10 years. Then both Malon, Malone, sorry, and Shilon also died. So the women survived her sons and her husband. So Naomi's husband passed away, her sons passed away, and now who was left was Naomi, which is the mother-in-law, and her two daughter-in-laws. So it goes on to Ruth 6, Ruth 1, verse 6. It says, then, oh, then she arose with two daughter-in-laws that she might return to the city of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Okay, so go down to 8 where it says, And Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go return each to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that you may find rest each in the house of her husband so she kissed them and they lifted their voices up their voices and wept and they said to her surely we will return with you to your people but Naomi said turn back my daughters why will you go with me are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands turn back my daughters go for I am too old to have a husband. I, if I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them until they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. They lifted up their voices and wept again. Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, this is Ruth, y'all. She said, look at your, no, I'm sorry, this is Naomi. She said, look, at your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back following after you for wherever you go i will go and wherever you lodge i will lodge your people shall be my people and your god my god where you die i will die and there will i be buried the lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts you and me that is a daughter-in-law. Y'all see her? She's not leaving Naomi. She loves Naomi. She is not leaving her. And so then what happens? When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. She's just like, I'm not even going to say nothing else. What else I'm going to say? 
after she just said this. Is I have nothing else to say to Ruth about this. So basically, they get where they're going. And Ruth winds up gleaning and in this field of um, the Boaz uh, owns. And Ruth became his wife, right? Long story short. Ruth became his wife. And you're going to see that in uh, Ruth 4.13. So, I like that story a lot. I like that story a lot. All right, y'all. So now we're just going to get to the last two stories. I know this is a long time, y'all. This is a long time. Thank you if you've been listening this far. All right. So we're just going to get into the last two stories. One of them is Ezekiel, right? It's the siege of Jerusalem. All right. So Ezekiel warned Israel. So Ezekiel, we would pick this up in Ezekiel 4. And Ezekiel 4, basic. So you turn older. So and Ezekiel was um he was a prisoner among many of them, hauled into exile. You'll see that in 2 Kings. 24 verses 8 through 17 so then the book of ezekiel began like basically five years after this okay so ezekiel was trying to warn israel because they were worshiping other gods and but no one was really listening they had um hardened hearts right um He was trying to tell them and he was doing what God, right? Even though it had him looking crazy to the people, it was still faith that that he needed, right? He had to have it in order to do the things that we finna um, (laughs) get into about, about them. So... If you look at Ezekiel 4, he basically was told to like, let's start with one. He said, you also, son of man, take a clay tablet and lay it before you and portray on it a city of Jerusalem. It's like build like this little, little bit of city and it's like Jerusalem, right? That you build it. So he's basically acting this out in front of the people of Israel, right? Um, trying to tell them they need to stop doing what they was going to do what they were doing already, or boom, boom, this was going to happen. So it says, lay siege against it and build a siege wall against it and heap up a mount against it, set up camps against it also, and place battering rams around against it all around. So he's telling him how to set this up, act this out, and this is a warning to Israel. But like I said, they wasn't really listening because their hearts were just so hardened and, you know, they just wasn't listening. They just wasn't listening. And so if you continue to read um, in Ezekiel, 
I wish I had wrote the note down because I was reading. I was like, oh, no, this is wild. Okay, here we go. Right here. Ezekiel 4. And 4. He says, lie, lie also on your left side and lay the inequity of the house of Israel upon it. According to the number of the days that you lie on it, you shall bear their inequity. For I have laid on the years of their inequity, according to the number of days, 390 days, so you shall bear the inequity of the house of Israel. And when you have completed them, lie again on your right side. And then you shall bear the equity of the house of Judah for 40 days. I have laid on each year. At your face toward each of Jerusalem, your arms shall be uncovered and you shall prophesy against it. And surely I will restrain you so that you cannot turn from one side to another till you have ended the days of your siege. Also take for yourself wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, and spelt. Put them into one vessel and make bread of them for yourselves. During the number of days that you lie on your side, 390 days, you shall eat it. And your food which you shall eat shall be by weight, 20 shekels a day. From time to time, you shall eat it. You shall also drink water by measure, one sixth of a hen. From time to time, you shall drink barley cakes and bake it. You feel as human waste in their sight. Then the Lord said, So shall the children of Israel eat their defiled bread among the Gentiles when I drive them, where I will drive them. So I said, Ah. Lord God, indeed, I have never defiled myself from my youth until now. I have never eaten what died of itself or was torn by beast, nor was abominable flesh ever come into my mouth. Then he said, see, I am giving you cow dung instead of human waste, and you shall prepare your bread over it. Moreover, he said to me, son of man, surely I will cut off the supply of bread in Jerusalem. They shall eat bread by weight and with anxiety, and they shall drink water by measure and with dread, that they may lack bread and water and may be dismayed with one another and waste away because of their inequity. Y'all, that's deep, right? That's some deep stuff. That may take a couple of times of reading that. Talking to the Father. That's deep. But the whole book of Ezekiel to me is fascinating, basically. Like, if you continue on to your studies, like if you want to keep studying, um, <clears throat> Ezekiel is just one of those books that... You just don't get to read. Just read. First of all, it's 48 um, chapters in Ezekiel. So chapters 12 to 24 speaks about basically the judgment of Israel using parable and allegory. 
chapters 25 through 32 is speaking on the judgment of the nations 33 is jerusalem has fallen 34 through 37 sorry my little horse 34 through 37 is hope for israel and 38 through 39 speaks about hope for the nations and then 40 through 48 is about hope for all creation Da, 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 da. I think we need a drum roll. <laughs> to now our last story. And this story, <laughs> this story about Alicia, y'all, this story is just listen. I'm not even finna say. We're just going to get into the story of Elisha. Now, Elisha was a prophet. He was right with Elijah, right? Elisha saw Elijah taken up, um, raptured up, right? In the middle of their walk. And he told him, and Elisha knew. Elisha knew he was, Elijah was finna go. He knew Elijah was finna go. But, um, yeah. So Elisha saw a lot of um all the miracles basically just about that he from the time he was with him that Elijah did. Okay, and Elijah, y'all know Elijah was doing some stuff, right? We just read about him earlier. Elijah was doing some stuff. He was a true man of God. And Elisha witnessed all of that. And Alicia, I would say, yeah, he was definitely a man of God because if he wasn't, then I don't see that he would have gotten double his portion of um, being able to um, do what he did. So if you look with me and let's go. Second Kings. Let me get out of this. I'm in the wrong book. So second kings and let's start at chapter two elijah ascends to heaven oh let's see so i know when elijah asks for it i'm just trying to see let's just start at six so 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 6 says, Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. That's what Elisha said. I'm not finna lo- I'm not finna go. I'm not leaving you. Um, and then 7 says, And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now, Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water and it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over a on dry ground. Look at boom, boom, done. And so it was. When they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Acts, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion 
of your spirit be upon me. Pause. Did y'all hear what he just asked for? So y'all know Elijah is out here doing the thing, right? And Elisha comes with, give me a double portion of that. Make that two. Make that two for me, please. He not playing. He not playing. So this is the funny part. <laughs> this is the wild part. But I gotta, I gotta break this down at the end. Cause I was like, what? So yeah, it was funny, but at the same time, it definitely has. I feel like the Bible has humor, right? God definitely has a sense of humor. Definitely has a sense of humor. But at the same time, we are learning a lesson, right? So I'm gonna go into that. I write it down. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I wrote it down. So all right. So let's look in Second Kings chapter two. Just roll down or go down a little bit if you in the hard copy Bible. But I'm online. Um, the blue letter Bible. I love this Bible. But a hard copy, honestly, is the best because y'all know what time of day we live in and you don't even know. Ooh, what they gonna try to do so a hard copy i would definitely always suggest but while we still got it available to us this internet yeah i'm using a blue letter bible right now so go down to second kings chapter 2 verses 23 and 24 so 23 24 says then he went up from there to Bethel. And as he was going up the road, some youths came from the city and mocked him and said to him, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. Hold on, y'all. Who are you calling bald head? Okay. That's what those kids said, those youth. Okay, well, I'm not gonna say kids, youth, youth. That's what the youth said. But um, just a quick backstory. Everybody knew that Elijah was raptured up. They knew he was taken. They knew that Elisha had Elijah taken from him. Okay, so just pay attention to what these youths are saying. Okay. And um, I'm just looking for it really quick because I just kind of want to see it right here. Here, right here. Second Kings 2.11. I'm just going to back, backpedal real quick. And this is what it says. Then it happens. They continued on and talked. That suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire. Separated the two them and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Hey, Elijah gone, y'all. He got taken up. So to the the funny story, but it still has a lesson to it, right? Amen for that. So that's what the youth say to him. And then it 24 goes on to say, so he turned around and he looked at them 
and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youth. Hey, y'all. So just look at this. <laughs> First of all, these were youth, people who could understand and have accountability for their actions, right? They were out, didn't say they was with parents, didn't say they was crawling, said youth. So that let us know, I'm gonna say probably like young adults, probably some teenagers, it was the youth. Okay, so they knew better. They knew what they were saying. They were definitely able to talk. They was mocking him. And then basically the way they were mocking, right? They telling him, go up, you baldy. So they knew that, like I said earlier, a moment ago, um, Elijah was taken from him, right? So they said, go up, you bald head, right? Rather that they believed it or not, they were mocking Elijah to be taken up with God. So Elisha, I'm sorry, they was mocking Elisha to be taken up with God. So Elisha is an anointed prophet, right? Because we saw back in 2 Kings 2 verse 9. Where it says, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. It didn't say Elijah said no. Elijah actually even asked him, what can I do before I go? And that's what Elisha said, right? So he was, Elisha was anointed prophet. And therefore, he represents God. So by mocking Elisha, they were mocking God. That's just it. Bottom line, they were mocking God. And then if you think about the number of youths, right? It said 42, y'all. What's 42 also represent? I'm listening. 42 months. Y'all, what's 42 months? Three and a half years? We can talk about that another time. Yeah. Soon though, soon. But yeah. And then the word wasn't kill. The word used in scripture was mauled. So okay, they probably got roughed up a bit. Okay, good. About time. You're not gonna be mocking a prophet of God. Okay, how funny you thought it was. We not, you're not gonna be calling him bald head, whether he was bald head or not. You not, you not finna mock a prophet of God, and so what happens right here is we see God's mercy. These young forty-two youth were then able to go back to their families, to their villages, wherever they're from, and tell their people about what happened. Instead of being killed, right, and up here mocking the prophet, I don't see you. I don't see good for you. So instead of just taking a life, which he could have, he definitely, God 
God can do anything. Amen. And he could have done that, but that's not what he did. He allowed them to go and still be able to go and warn their people. Look, don't be mocking no prophet. We're not going to do that. We can't. No, 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 no. Elijah was taken up. Okay. Elisha is here. We got to respect him. Period. So, wild story. Yes. <laughs> Y'all, the Bible is nothing but the truth. I love the Bible. I really do. I love that God has these love letters for us. I really, really do. This is the longest one, but I had to get these stories out, y'all. It was fun. It was exciting. I, <sighs> I always ask that whatever I say, whatever else you hear, right, from someone else, always go to the Father in prayer. Always talk to Jesus. He's going to give you the answers that um you're looking for god is amazing he is true he is loving show he, he showed his love and his mercy then he's showing his love and mercy now oh, I, I i just love my time with y'all i really do um i hope you found these stories entertaining enlightening um insightful just uplifting and something that you learn something that you can apply right i am about to end the podcast but i think y'all know what i'm gonna do before I end the podcast, I want to give you a salvation verse, and it's clearly my favorite salvation verse. Was always given, so it's Romans ten verses nine through eleven, and we're gonna just slip in thirteen too, where it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says whosoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen, 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 amen. Y'all, I've had such an amazing time. I really have. If there's anybody out there that has not know Jesus, now's the time to know him. Nothing like the present. Jesus is loving. He is a provider. He will protect you. He will fight your battles. And the great part about it is that we don't have to worry about who's going to win. Because Jesus defeated death. Baby, he can defeat anything. My God is awesome. My God can do above and exceeding what we ever wish or hope for. God is that awesome. He puts a smile on my face every day. Get out that bed. Before I get out that bed, I thank him. When I get out that bed, y'all, 
I am just so grateful. I am telling people about Jesus. The time is short. He is coming back soon. And even if I didn't think he was coming back soon, we still need to tell people about Jesus. It's so many people lost in this fallen world. Ever since sin entered this world, which has been a very long time now, that is the reason we see the things that we see. If we only just choose Christ and we only allow him to have his will in our life, is when we can actually then have peace. And I'm not saying everything in your life is going to be all peachy keen. I'm not saying you're never going to have any struggles. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is that when you invite Christ into your life, even those times that are hard, where at once you may have pulled out some hair, you may have been just overthinking it, stressing yourself out, not eating right, not sleeping right, because you're stressed. Turn into other things to temporarily get your mind off of whatever the thing is stressing you but when you walk closer with god whoo, child, it's like a walk in the park he's like what what's that oh, child, i ain't worried about that i ain't worried about that i don't care what they say i ain't worried about it you know why i ain't worried about it because of who my father is and who he says i am and he did not say I was a failure at all. I'm a child of the Most High. He is an overcomer. He's the Redeemer. <laughs> Y'all, God can do anything to trust him. Right? No need to keep trying to do this on our own when God is right there. So I thank everyone who listens. I um I really do. And I hope that you go to Christ and you learn who he truly is. Don't believe what this world says he is. Look at his word. He's left us, right? Those love letters. Look at that. And learn who God really is. It's going to blow your socks off. All right. FYI. Just letting you know. It's going to be different from what you've been told from this world. (laughs) Just letting you know. And it's so much better. Than what we've been told in this world. I love y'all. Until we have another meeting. Go in love and understand that God has already overcome every situation in your life. All we need to do is submit fully and fully to Christ. Peace, y'all.